Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Collective Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology, and anything else that feels right. I'm Sasha Arusu, Senior Planner for the TED Department at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And our guest joining us today is Demet Ikela. How are you, Demet? I'm very well. Thank you, Sasha. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, good to speak to you good today. You. It's great to be here. Demet Ikela is Group M EMEA CEO, running 27 markets with 16,000 staff and managing 18 billion in media spend. She joined WPP in 2000 to launch Mindshare. She progressed to CEO of Group M Turkey and then was promoted to Group to CEO of Group M EMEA in February 2020. As fearless advocate of gender equality, she has also represented WPP and the Global Agenda Council of Women's Empowerment at the World Economic Forum. In addition to this, she is also a member of Turkey's Gender Equality Projects Leadership Group and sits on the board of UN Global Compact Turkey. Um, very, very glad to have you on the show. Sue, would you like to kick things off? Yes. Uh, congratulations on your one year anniversary. Um, how has the job been compared to how you expected it to be? Obviously, <laughs> COVID related, but yeah. Exactly. I mean, um, wow, because I worked in Turkey for um, 28 years in total, and 20 years of of them uh, were, were with WPP. So um, I did, as you Sasha just mentioned, different roles, you know, building Mindshare Group M and WPP offers in Turkey. But um, I've been always in my comfort zone, you know, doing a local role for, in home country, and even that was not always comfortable because, as you would know, Turkey, um, I mean, the tw- past 20 years of Turkey has been like a roller coaster ride. Lots of ups and downs, economic crisis, you know, earthquakes, coup d'etats, or anything you can imagine. So after um, such a long journey in a local market, I mean, um, making, having that decision to uh, step up to a regional role, and the region is the biggest region in our organization. Yeah. Right. So that was a very big decision. So um, but I really took that decision with all my heart. It was not a professional decision only. I just wanted to um, have a maybe hopefully a bigger impact in mm-hmm. our business and for our group. So uh, when we took this decision, it was I mean, we agreed with uh, Christian and the leadership team. It was in February uh, mm-hmm. to. 20, mm-hmm. and I was announced as the new CEO of Group M in EMEA, 1st of March. The day I officially started was 8th of March, and we went into lockdown 16th of March. So that was, I mean, very interesting. So I could never make it to London. And, mm-hmm. you know, that decision was also a lifestyle decision uh, for me, because I was going to spend 50% of my time in London, the rest in traveling, and also a little bit in Turkey, because I still do my WPP uh, country chair role. Uh, even it's a very um, small percentage of my time now, but I still have that role. So mm-hmm. that life was going to be, you know, London, traveling, and a little bit of Turkey. But that never happened. So I'm still in Turkey uh, for, I mean, it's been one and a half years now. But what I learned from the journey uh, in Turkey actually helped me in this new job. That was not something I expected. Because, I mean, in Turkey, we are resilient. We have to be resilient. Mm -hmm. We have to be agile. We have to be pragmatic. We have to have, you know, plan A's, B's, and C's because um, 
that's an instinct to initiate an, alter, uh, an alternative plan um, if all other plans fail. So that was kind of my learning and my experience. And on 1st of March, when I, you know, I was announced and then we went into the lockdown, obviously um, all our priorities shifted. Because my initial priority was to align the EMEA region to the global strategies, apply the necessary changes and provide the growth. But with COVID, with the pandemic, my initial priority has become to ensure our people's health and safety and business continuity. Uh, that was the main concern for everybody. And then we focused on how to support our clients more in this process, meet their needs and uh, in the most effective way. So we all try to ensure the business continuity during this difficult period. And it's been a very tough first year, obviously, for all of us. A year to remember, definitely, and a year to learn from, hopefully. Um, but the good thing is, um, I think that really uh, helped us uh, to come together closer as a group. And we have shown our collective resilience, which really fills me with confidence for the future. So these are the positive sides mm. uh, of my uh, first experiences. Which I think, I mean, that gives, that's a great platform, isn't it, to, to move onwards from here. Exactly, exactly. So running 27 markets, <laughs> along with COVID, along with your personal life, the huge demands, what are your time management strategies? Um, my time management strategy, I think in a way time manages itself uh, naturally because we're working very collaboratively. And I think even through the screens, even through teams and all, all those platforms, mm-hmm. I mean, we we have a team and we have we feel uh, that spirit uh, within our central teams. I mean, we have an exco running, I mean, together with our regional agency CEOs, the head of our central businesses and shared services. So uh, we run this region all together as an expo. I think that's important, feeling the collaboration, feeling the support, the help, and feeling that we would be there for each other. So I think that's very uh, unique uh, for me, and I really appreciate um, that. So... The time differences is often a challenge, but sometimes an advantage for me as well in terms of managing the time, mm-hmm. because it's also giving me the early mornings. Uh, for me, it's very early uh, for uh, the rest of the region, so I can squeeze my WPP Turkey duties mm-hmm. those time slots as well. And sometimes, because I'm at home the most of the time, I mean, we're not really go out in the evenings, and we had lockdown in Turkey also up until recently. So, I mean, working a little late, doesn't bother me as well. So time managers, I mean, I'm st- still sticking to my uh, exercise, the rhythm or, you know, or getting ready for work every morning. So I, I still do it. Even I just sit in one small room and looking at the computer, but still, I think um, it helps me to yeah. keep going. Yeah, no, uh, we, 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 were, we were showing this. Me, me too. I, I made the decision very early on. I was not going to go to work in a dressing gown <laughs> I was gonna get dressed for work for myself as much for um look important question for us I think um and our Mediacom listeners as well as the wider listeners which is what does the partnership between Mediacom and Group N look like moving forward 
I think it's beyond partnership. This is how I feel because mm-hmm. we are one team trying to deliver the best for our clients. So we just do different parts of the business. But at the end of the day, our aim is one and the delivery is one. Either this is to our clients or to our shareholders. We have, as you know, a new global strategy in place, uh, which is very strong. And this strategy is underlining that Group M is the engine to make agencies work at their best for their clients. And in the meantime, agencies serve as the front door line for our clients and their growth. So it's very clear. And within this new strategy, we have a consistent, simplified operating structure. So everyone knows the roles and responsibility. So it's, it, it makes things much easier compared mm-hmm. to that past. And our vision is to reflect, actually, this strategy in EMEA. Um, as the first step, we kicked off the EMEA Expo, as I just said earlier, with agency leaders. So this mm-hmm. was the first thing that I initiated when I started the role, because as EMEA Expo, we are making decisions collectively and acting through our mutual decisions as one was. So what I promised to my uh, colleagues in the Expo, that I would be 100% transparent whatever happens. So that was my commitment. And I also committed that we would do all decisions jointly. Sometimes we would agree to disagree. That's also fine. But at the end of the day, the EXCO is the ultimate management authority and ultimate decision making for our business. Because as we are kind of, you know, we have this um, structure, which is still complicated, even we have a strategy operating model, but um, it relies so much on people's good behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people um, dimension in this equation, that's, it's very, very important. So um, this is what we are also looking at. I mean, we are making sure that we work with the right people, right team in place. And um, we also um, said, I mean, this at the heart of our business, we have our clients. So we've also committed to each other that we would be client-centric. Again, in all circumstances, conditions. So I think that was really refreshing for everybody, you know, working together, making the decisions together. The only way to run this business is to include all the relevant parties owning the different parts of this business. It could be agencies, expertise areas, specialty businesses, technology data, back office operations. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to include, we have to engage and we have to embrace all our people. I think that, again, COVID helped. Maybe, you know, we've also, um, all of us are kind of in, in our own journeys. We're making some decisions about life. And mm-hmm. uh, that's also, I think, a, a unique uh, opportunity for us. It's an important moment in time for our organization, for the group, but also for ourselves individually. And I think that's helping um, us to achieve uh, what we want to achieve to go where we want to go. And regarding Mediacom specifically, Mediacom has a very significant role in Group M's future because Mediacom's bigger picture strategy is an extraordinarily strong positioning, I believe, and it will have a strategic importance for collaboration as well. Mm. And from a personal point of view, I have to say that when I was first offered this role, I mean, the encouragement that came from Josh and Nick was incredibly special for me. You've spoken at length regarding, I guess, also the special relationship between Group M and Mediacom. And of course, I guess you're still in the beginning stage of what you want to achieve in your role. What is the legacy you hope to uh, leave 
in this role? Um, Sasha, it's because um, I've been around for so long, like I mean, the, with WPP. So I, I've seen the difference, uh, the, the different stages of our evolution. I, mean, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the agencies and then, you know, the first launch of Groupam and how Groupam has been transformed during the years and what is the new strategy. And also, we're not just Groupam, right? I mean, there's also WPP. The evolution of WPP is very important. And uh, so I think, you know, witnessing the different stages and learning from and also contributing to, I think, over the years, it gave me kind of a strong idea about, you know, how and how we should do things. It's not about the work itself, but it's also about the way we work. So I think that was the part a little bit missing in the past. Mm-hmm. So um, also in the past, I always performed in building businesses, right? I was launching Mindshare, launching Groupam, launching the first WPP offer and the structure, uh, country structure uh, in Turkey. So and for the first time, this role um, is different because I'm not the first one to launch or execute. But if you ask me, I feel like I am. So it's, for me, it's mm. brand new. So I have that kind of energy because um, I've taken this role to participate in the new chapter uh, in Groupam's story, hopefully. And for me, this is a mission. I truly, genuinely believe that we are, we can only be stronger if we really act together. And all my experiences, my beliefs, my ambitions, and my dreams about our business have come together. And I knew in my guts that I was ready for the job. I mean, I don't know why, but I had that kind of mm-hmm. uh, strong feeling. So um, to contribute and build the future of our comp- company for our people and our, for, for our clients, and of course, to be part of the wider purpose of making advertising better for people. And I think, you know, I really want want us to do it in the best possible way as a group. And um, I mean, if I am a contributor to the next chapter of our story, uh, that would be uh, enough for me, I guess, uh, as a legacy. I change is really difficult and sometimes painful, but you know I would like it also a little bit enjoyable because every day we go to work or now we're not going to work, but you know we work every day, so we need to enjoy ourselves, we need to share a laughter sometimes, we need to share a joke, we need to have you know nice memories um, the day I will leave, I will retire i mean I would always want to remember these days with some laughter or you know. Always in positive feelings. That's very inspiring. Um, COVID. COVID has obviously been gendered in its impact. Um, the work that you do on women's equality and empowerment. How, how have you seen COVID impact that? Um, I mean, COVID made us question everything again and again, right? I mean, um, the diversity and inclusion. When I took this role, I mean, I had also this ambition because EMEA is a very big and diverse region, yeah. right? I mean, 27 markets, but if you uh, look at the, all the number of real markets, because I mean, 27 with, sub, uh, with some sub-regions, so more than 40 markets. So it's, you know, covering like... It's not like North America. No, <laughs> and no n- nothing like uh, North America, definitely not. 
So, and I'm coming from a local market and I'm, as a person, because I started my uh, diversity inclusion uh, journey like uh, almost 15 years ago. So I see this as some, you know, as some glasses, as some lenses you put on and then you start seeing things from different perspectives. I mean, diversity and inclusive, uh, inclusion perspective is you can adapt to every uh, situation. And when you start looking from that perspective, you start to see things differently. So for me, when I took the job, I was telling to myself, okay, I would be very sensitive to all these different markets in terms of their cultural differences, in terms of their political circumstances, in terms of their religions, beliefs, I mean, the business circumstances, because one size would never, ever fit all. And in a way, if we understand, if we embrace and include them, then we would be able to use the synergies of this diversity, the richness, in a much better way. So that was, you know, my kind of ambition when I uh, came in. And with COVID, now we've seen that the gap between the privileged and underprivileged was really deepening more. So that was, again, you know, that gave us um, a, another kind of, uh, you know, a deeper perspective to look at things. Then also my journey uh, enriched with uh, the Black Lives Matter as well, because I was myself very active in diversity and inclusion. But last year in June, after the murder of George Floyd, I um, all of a sudden I realized what I knew about um, the Black Lives Matter was not enough because I'd learned what I learned from history books that I read in Turkey. So it, or I watched Hollywood movies or, you know, I've never had close friends because the diversity issues for us in Turkey is different. I mean, it, women is still a problem, but we have the refugees, you know, we have also the um, religion uh, issue and everything. So it's different. So for me, that gave me completely a new perspective about learning, uh, understanding, reading. I had, I have a mentor, you know, Brenda, helping me with that journey. So I started reading books, understanding, and I started being more proactive and active about that uh, area as well. So I think with COVID and with other things happening, you know, parallel to COVID, our um, way of looking at diversity and inclusion has totally broadened, and we all became more kind of understanding uh, about the issues, because without understanding, without defining what is the diversity, you can never come up with a solution or support for that. And what we did this year uh, during the budget process to all 40 markets, we asked them to define the diversity issues in their own countries. Because in Poland, for example, it was the disabled people. You would never guess, you know, what would come out from different markets because they don't have a gender issue. They don't have an LGBTQ plus issue. They don't have a, you know, they don't have an ethnic issue, but they have something completely different. If you look at the South Africa, so it's very, very clear what they're coming up with. If you look at like the Tunisia or to Egypt, so you have different diversity issues in different uh, parts of the world. For, for us, it's important to identify what's the issue so that we can come up with a solution or a support. I think it's not only about COVID, but that's, that helped us to look at things from uh, different angles, perspective, and that helped us to really um, commit more on the diversity efforts that we have. 
but I think that's many things happening at the same time helped us and also WPP and Group M and our agencies, they've been really uh, focused on that journey, uh, which is very much parallel with our mission as well. That's really good to hear. Can I just bring you back to the gender issue in particular, though, because we do know there was a survey in um, the UK by one of the marketing magazines that said that 40 percent of women marketing executives had considered quitting in the last year. And their speculation was because the balance of being a mum, having to do homeschooling, and also being expected to show up at work, you know, with all of their normal um, kind of energy was having a specific effect on women versus men. That if you were the father of two in that situation, it impacted you differently from being a mother of two. And I've certainly seen that myself. And we know that statistically, for example, um, uh, economists there are fewer publications from women economists in the last 12 months than there are from men. Is that, is that something that you've seen in that role? And is that something, do you think, is going to go away or is that continuing? I think that's um, naturally that happens. Yeah. Because it's, it's very much cultural, but we can see it in all uh, countries, for example. I mean, being a mother in Turkey is almost the same being a mother in the UK, right? I mean, you are the primary responsible person for your children. So that's the understanding. That's the um, expectation. Expectation. So it's subconsciously, consciously, it's the, you know, society, your parents, your partner or whatever. They all expect you to do that. So I think we have... Um, an important job to mentor our women. I think creating role models, mentoring, encouraging, and supporting the women is so, so, so important. And, I mean, I think we're doing not a bad job on that as the WPP Group M and our agencies. So we're all focused, you know, mentoring our women, really supporting them and helping them with all the flexible solutions to reconcile the family and work life because that's very important that they feel they're okay um, in any circumstances they're in. So, I mean, in, so that's the belonging. I mean, we're just having all the surveys and to ask if people, if they feel that they belong, that's important that they need to understand, you know, we will embrace them mm-hmm. in all conditions. So it's that, that's very important. There's, that's a journey. Of course, that's not, not going to be fixed quickly. But they're all very committed. And personally, you know, I've been doing this, you know, mentoring women for many, many years uh, because I've learned a lot myself experiencing, right? I mean, there was no many people telling us what to do, how to do. And I I personally made a lot of mistakes in my life. And sometimes I had to really uh, suffer and learn from my mistakes. Now that... I, I believe these are very valuable um, inputs, insights for other people. That's why I'm I'm very open to share all the right things and the wrong things that I did in my life. Uh, that can be maybe uh, inspirational or um, well, it, well, it is. But I think it's very important as well because there is a there there are some 
super women out there who have never made a mistake or done anything wrong and work all the hours and it's and that's unhelpful right so it's super good to hear that moving on to our our personal questions so the first one being uh, what is your favorite line from a poem song or a book Actually, I had many, you know, because point <laughs> everyone that, has many. Yeah. I mean, so in different stages of my life, my emotional uh, stages, let's say, you know, I'm there are different kind of inspirations coming from songs or poems. But recently, I think uh, show must go on uh, mm-hmm. from Freddie Mercury, as you would know. So uh, I think I. I found myself listening to that song very often. And the favorite lines is, um, inside my heart is breaking. My makeup may be flaking, but my smile, smile still stays on. Because I think, um, that's a little bit what we've been going through lately. Uh, so every day, it's not just COVID, for example, and just very recently, the wildfires, the forests yeah. are burning in Turkey. Terrible. So I am inside. I am completely devastated. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how sad I am because, you know, um, I was also in the south of Turkey spending most of my time uh, during summer working from there. We have a, a small place there. So I've, I've seen those fires mm-hmm. and the forest burning. So every day there is something to cope Either a disaster, either it's something. I mean, but we have to go on because there's no other alternative. And we go on for each other as well. We have, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, okay, my favourite question. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you, please? Okay, that's a good question because, I mean, in... A normal demet under normal circumstances. Yeah. So it's definitely I would take either my sneakers or something to run or to exercise with equipment yeah. like that for sure. Um, or um, what else? Um, I would definitely take um, chocolate ice cream maybe if I can keep it cold somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Do you have a favorite type of chocolate? Good chocolate ice cream. Actually, it's bitter, the dark ones. I prefer dark ones. Or, I mean, it could be with almonds or, you know, nuts or that kind of stuff. But ice cream and chocolate together. So that's, I think, I cannot resist. Um, A table of family and friends. Can I take all? No, that's not commonly available. (laughs) Okay. All right. Then um, sunbed and bikinis. Definitely. Okay, so um, three items. pizza or pasta before the ice cream. That could be sure. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. That's five. That's five. I think. Okay. Good. Okay. Have you got a favorite pizza and pasta? Um, pasta. I mean, um, pizza. It's uh, the fungi or prosciutto fungi or. Yeah. And again, good good pizza. I take it. Good yeah. pizza. Yeah, and pasta. It could be. Uh, actually, my brother cooks. I mean, we're, we're he's not he's a great chef, but he cooks mm. a, a wonderful uh, bolognese sauce. So it okay. could be spaghetti or penne bolognese. Uh, Fantastic. 
Sounds good. And I need to I need to exercise to burn all these calories. The, the pizza and the pasta <laughs> and the ice cream and the running and the, and the sunbathing and the running. But it does sound like quite a nice balance. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we'd all appreciate that balance. Um, what is your single best skill? My single best skill. I don't know if I have one, you know, super like a great skill that I have. But I think what I've learned from a woman, I really admire. I don't know if you heard Charlotte Pierce. Actually, she's coaching also. Uh, I don't know if she still does, but I, some senior WPP woman. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does. So Charlotte, when I was um, with, uh, you know, I spent two, uh, you know, two different sessions with her, amazing sessions, like probably seven years ago. She told me one day and that I was magnetic. So that was, um, and I think I, uh, because maybe also I like that, and uh, I try to understand why she said that to me. But now I see more that. I think I can inspire, engage people, mm-hmm. and they follow me. So especially when they got to know me closely. So maybe from a distance, it's not that much. But when we got closer, then, you know. I have to say, that's my experience on this call, Emma, and I'm sure it will be for everybody that listens to the oh, podcast as well. So yeah, owning that is really <laughs> So I think it, when I work Closely, I mean, when we share the journey, we share the common emotions, the enthusiasm, and also uh, with people that I share the destiny in a way. So we got really attached to each other. I think that's the only thing that I can think of. What would you practice more if you had the time and the space? I think there are two things. One is um, the more reasonable thing mm-hmm. I would do is the psychology bit because I was always when I was in mm-hmm. high school and university I was always very keen to understand why and still you know I um, I try to understand why people behave in a certain way what is the background motive what is coming from the family what is coming from their own experiences so I'm I'm very keen and I read a lot of books about psychology it, even it could be like a bestseller or a more like a you know serious books but I really would like to study more. Um, the other bit, which will probably never going to happen, but you know, I would like to really uh, practice drama. This is what I wanted uh, when I was younger, but you know, I didn't have the chance because at that time, so you know, being an actor, actor, so that was not something uh, very much supported uh, with my family, family or in our environment. But now my son does this. At least I can be a part of it, even watching him or supporting him. Fantastic. Yeah. I think he's he's following his dreams. Um, So it's making me happy. Where in the world, real or fiction, would you like to live and why? And that's also, you know, um, thanks to my son, you know, we spend a lot of time watching Harry Potter. Together with him, he was a great fan, and then we also seen the, uh, the we went to the theater in. Um, it was my, one of my last visits to London. We were together and watching Harry Potter there as well. So I think uh, I, that for me it's really amazing uh, because it's magic, but there is also a logic behind all this magic. The analytics and magics coming together. So I think that appeals me a lot 
because in a way I'm I'm a very emotional person. I always have dreams or you know emotions and I'm high inspirations or whatever. But also, you know, my brain works. Sometimes my um, husband calls me Demetics, you know, like the robotics, because it's like, <laughs> you know, it's a joke in the family. So they say, okay, Demetics is in charge now. So Demetics, <laughs> when she's in charge, I mean, the analytics and, you know, let's do this. And, and sometimes I have completely the other uh, version of Demet. Uh, so I think I can find both um, marrying very well each other in that uh, set of movies. So it's a very whole brain. I, lo- I love that. I've not had that thought about Harry Potter before. And that for our final question, the question you cannot prepare for, they are taken from the um, School of Life 100 Questions um, Conversation Toolkit. So I'm holding up three cards, A, B or C. B. Who has offered you the most useful career advice? And I think it was Charlotte Pierce again. It was, she said, and I'm using that a lot. I mean, it's not about the work. I use this uh, in our conversation today as well. It's not about the work because, you know, you can deliver mm. what you need to deliver. But it's always about how you work. So mm. I've never forgot that. I think that's, that, that's quite a useful um, advice, not mm. just for work, but for life as well. It's not about the end result always. But it's also how you how you get there. Brilliant. What a great place to leave it. Emma, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, you for off. having me. Yes, and hopefully we get to have some chocolate ice cream, <laughs> yeah, pizza, and some sun. And um, also, we are with you with everything happening with Turkey at the moment. Yeah. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, and it was wonderful to be here with you and to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.